getting better. So what's up? Welcome everybody. It's Americana the or <laughs> I changed the name of it to <laughs> the Back to the Panic Attack. Can't keep up with the name of my own damn podcast. Uh, hope everyone's doing okay. Follow me on Getter Twitter at the real underscore Big John. Uh, as soon as I light up a c- cigar here. We'll talk about uh, Rocky Johnson, the father of The Rock, and Vince McMahon's ongoing scandalous. So, little Christian music this morning <coughs> to start out. <laughs> and I have not been to bed yet, so that's awesome. Uh, anyhow, personal problems. So, uh, I was listening to the Jim Cornette experience last night. It was really more... It wasn't his normal ex- his show, the Jim Cornette Experience. It was a spatial, special uh, interview he had with uh, a Sports Illustrated writer. And in, I guess this is the June 30th edition of Sports Illustrated or sportsillustrated.com. SI.com slash wrestling. I'll, I'll probably post a link on Getter and Twitter later. But it turns out Rocky Johnson, who only claims the only child he uh, accepts, acknowledges, is The Rock. Well, according to this headline, DNA says these five strangers were all fathered by the same wrestler and The Rock is their half-brother. This is the story of how the children of a WWE Hall of Famer, Rocky Johnson, found one another and rediscovered family. Um... And this is by uh, Greg Oliver, uh, a very well-respected uh, voice in the wrestling community, as far as wrestling news goes. This isn't, you know, Dave Meltzer or Brian Alvarez or one of the dirt sheet writers. Uh, this guy's written several books. He's uh, co-authoring a book coming up with Medusa Michelli or Alundra Blaze uh, or just Medusa. Um, And that's going to be pretty awesome. But he was, or Greg, excuse me, I guess is friends with Ricky Johnson, Rocky Johnson's brother. And through that, he started finding out about these uh, illegitimate children that Rocky Johnson had. Now, I was a big Rocky Johnson fan as a kid. Um, I only knew him for his few short years in the WWE, or WWF then. Uh, I think it was like 85 through 87, something like that. Uh, and he had a good run as a tag team partner with Tony Atlas. But in the 60s and 70s, uh, he was a top guy in Canada. Remember, this was the territorial days. So he was a, a top wrestler in Canada. Then he came to the States and had... Big runs in Memphis, which uh, people said, well, Jim Cornette says was a better draw than 
the Enoki versus Muhammad Ali fight. Uh, Rocky Johnson played a boxer, okay, and he tried. He played a boxer turned wrestler, but he was always a wrestler. But he played a boxer better than most of the actual boxers who tried to turn wrestler, if that makes sense. And he drew a lot of money in the 60s and 70s. He was a big, big star. I didn't know that. And obviously I didn't know about these five children until last night. Uh, and they didn't know about each other. And most people in wrestling didn't know about them. Now, in the territorial days, when you're going from town to town, uh, up and down the dial, it was not unusual for wrestlers to have a girl in each town. Uh, he does have one daughter with his first wife, but he doesn't acknowledge any of these. He didn't acknowledge any of these kids except The Rock. The Rock was from his second wife, uh, who's the daughter of Peter Maivia. And really, I think I always thought of The Rock as more Polynesian. It seems like he acknowledges that side of his family more even though his dad was his original trainer uh, but back to Rocky Johnson uh, Rocky Johnson was built like a brick shithouse uh, Tony Atlas was of course a bodybuilder turned wrestler and of course he was chiseled uh, Rocky was thick big arms big chest big traps and could just work he did this is back in the day when a drop kick or a back body drop was a high spot and rocky could take a back body drop land on his feet and then drop kick a guy in the face uh one of the best drop kicks in wrestling history maybe the best drop kick in wrestling history to be frank with you uh, but and when I was a kid, a drop kick was like, whoa! Did you see that drop kick? Oh my goodness! How did they ever survive that? You know. So there's this lady, Lisa Purves, P-U-R-V-E-S. Uh, okay, this is how the article starts out. Was 18 the first time she reached out to? the professional wrestler who fathered her. On that occasion, he hung up. Good job, Rocky. You, that's kind of a dick move. Uh, a few years later, she tried again and left a message. She never heard back. Before she turned 30, she once more got her dad on the phone and told him who she was, and once more he hung up. <coughs> Rocky Johnson made a lot of money in the 60s and 70s, like I've said about four times already. But if you go on the Jim Cornette YouTube page, yeah, it doesn't sound to me like he saved his money. I remember, you know, in part of the Rock's uh, story uh, Rock was trying to play football in Canada he had like three dollars in his pocket when he quit and said dad I'm going to be a wrestler and his dad said well if you're going to wrestle I'm going to train you and you're going to do it right whatever uh, but the Rock's mom was actually evicted and she was running I think it was called Polynesian Pro Wrestling in Hawaii. And Rocky Johnson wrestled there for a while. Bounced around the remaining few territories after his WWF run was over. 
uh, he did a little bit with uh, Crockett Promotions in Georgia, but then by the mid '80s he was uh, he was done. Uh, so, and he has passed away, by the way. So, he has all these kids, and they started meeting each other. Uh, let's go on here. Lisa says she went so far as to ask other wrestlers over the years to speak to her father, but nothing ever came. I guess uh, Lisa and her mom and family lived near like a, a, a flop house in Florida where the wrestlers would stay. So some of the wrestlers took a liking to Lisa and her mom and helped them out over the years, they say. Uh, this article goes on to tell us, Growing up, Lisa only ever told her best friends about her dad, who spent more than two decades in the ring, climbing to the upper ranks of WWE, WWF. Uh, says, quote, I was really embarrassed that my father didn't want me. She says today at 53 years old. It took decades before she confronted that embarrassment. You know, that's, that's pretty sad, you know. It, like I was saying, in the territorial days, it wasn't unusual for a, a wrestler to have a girlfriend in every town and hook up. Um, it was... It was an all-guys an all, an all club. And Rocky Johnson looking the way he looked, being a top star... Got top women wherever he went. Um, hers was a winding path, a child of her own right after high school, nursing courses and hospital work, then film. She learned screenwriting from a book and her first script, which she wrote when she was 38, won her a fellowship at Simon Fraser University in British Columbia. She took a job, uh, took any job she could get on movie and TV sets, learning everything about uh, from prop making to producing. Then in 2017, a personal project. Quote, I started doing research on what happens when you abandon a child and how it affects their life, she says. And I'm like, this is exactly me. Problems with self-esteem, all the shit that all the shit that it lists is me. Lisa set up to make a documentary about children whose parents knowingly separated from them, but she couldn't find any subjects willing to talk openly. A friend suggested she turn the camera around. Why don't you make the document, documentary about yourself? Before Wade Bowles fathered any children, he was one of many children. The fourth of five boys, he was active early on in boxing and pivoted in his 20s to wrestling. He trained in Ontario and worked his way up in the rings across Canada performing under the name Rocky Johnson. Rocky's big break came in Los Angeles and he toured North America for the next 15 years winning dozens of singles and tag team titles across the territories culminating in national exposure as he and Tony Atlas became WWE's first black tag team champions. I loved that tag team. They were like right before the Road Warriors hit. It was Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas. And I was always been fascinated with the bodybuilder physique. And Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson were just phenomenal. You know. I really wish Tony could have stayed off of 
uh, just the little drugs. I mean, he wasn't a, the worst drug addict in wrestling by any stretch. But I guess he got into, like, smoking pot, and it didn't agree with him, he says. So he couldn't make shows, and the promoter couldn't use him. Uh, eventually, you know, he landed in WWF, uh, and then he left WWF, and came back and forth every now and then, but never recaptured that great run he had with Rocky Johnson. Oh, man, they were just phenomenal together. Um, years later, scribe Dave Meltzer captured Johnson's career uh, in pitching him as a candidate for Wrestling Observer's Hall of Fame, writing that Johnson goes overlooked today in part because he traveled so much. And he did. He traveled the territories and he, he fathered a lot of children around the, the world. Uh, anyways, in his pitch, Meltzer called Johnson the best wrestler of the past 40 years when it comes to doing a dropkick series <laughs> and deemed him one of the business's top athletes of the 70s with a career record that is far more impressive than you realize. It, I didn't, I didn't realize. I just, like I said, I knew him as in the '80s for a few years in WWF, and then he disappeared. Uh, in 1966, before his career peaked, Rocky married his for the first time, Una Sparks, and they had two children, Wanda in 62 and Curtis in 65. When the demands of the road put a strain on the marriage, Una asked Wade to stay home in Toronto. Uh, yeah, I didn't know he was from Canada. I mean, I just, I don't know, I assumed he was from America. But anyways, where he had a job lined up delivering fish. Could you imagine that if he hadn't gone on and said, I'm gonna wrestle? And he was a fish delivery man. We would have never had the rock. He chose instead the nomadic life of the pro wrestler. By the time they officially divorced in 1978, they had been apart for many years. Now a major star across the continent and having officially changed his name to Rocky Johnson, he married Atta, Atta, A-T-A, Maya Villa who was the daughter of another wrestler, High Chief Peter Maivia, and a promoter, Leah Maivia. Rocky and Ada, by that point, had already had one child, a son born in 72, Dwayne Douglas Johnson, The Rock. But young Dwayne wasn't given the opportunity to be close with his half-siblings, Rocky made little effort to connect with his children. They're talking about Rocky Johnson Sr. <clears throat> so this guy just abandoned his family in Canada to go out and pursue wrestling full time. That's pretty shitty as a human being to just say fuck you. And he was making good money. I don't know if child support was a thing back then, but damn, you know. Uh, let's see here. Paula Parsons is 58 today with four kids of her own. She teaches early childhood education, a job that allows her to provide a kind of stability she lacked growing up in Lucasville, Nova Scotia. Her mother, Thelma, met Rocky in Toronto when Thelma was 19. They carried on a relationship for two years and Thelma ended up having Paula in May of 64. So that's what, two years after The Rock? No, wait, when was The Rock born? Doesn't seem like he's that much older than me. Can't be. No, Rock was 72. So this is Rocky's, this is The Rock's older sister. 
uh, seer. Thelma dropped her child off with her parents who raised Paula. Paula eventually learned from her mother who her father was. And she says, there is no question Rocky knew about his first child. She says he called her twice, once when she was relatively young and again when she was 16. After promises, promises after promises, she recalled, I'm going to come see you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You get your hopes up that he's going to come. I'm finally going to meet my dad and nothing comes of it. Man, what a douche. Um, goes, she goes on to say, you cry. Then you say, what did I do? He doesn't want anything to do with me. Rocky Johnson's fourth child, Trevor Edwards, was born in Montreal in 1976, or seven, eh, 1967. He was raised solely by his mother, Doreen, who'd come to Canada from the island of St. Vincent in the West Indies in 1965. who worked as live-in help for a doctor in St. Catharines, Ontario. And recalling his teenage years, Trevor said without a father figure, he felt, he felt compelled to go off a sense of half cockiness his way he says of making clear that he wasn't a mama's boy Trevor remembers Dwayne Johnson coming on to the wrestling scene around 2000 and how people used to tell him he looked like the rising star he also remembers that growing up his mother who died in two, in 15 must mean 2015, was never forthright with details about his father, but he did know his mom was a huge wrestling fan and Rocky wrestled in St. Catharines around the time he would have been conceived. So this guy figured out that Rocky Johnson was his dad by knowing his mom was a wrestling fan and knowing that Rocky Johnson wrestled in the territory in that town about the time he was born. What a way to put two and two together, you know? Uh, Trevor is now 55, stars sniffing around and through little Facebook sleuthing deduced where Rock or where Ricky lived, Ricky's Rocky Johnson's brother. He buzzed the apartment and left a message explaining that he believed they were related. Ricky called back that evening and invited Trevor to visit. Ricky took note of Trevor's mannerisms and his walk and Ricky was convinced. To be sure, they ran a DNA test the following day, which eventually matched nephew and uncle. I hugged him and told him I loved him and welcomed him to the family, says Ricky. Lisa Purvis, the, the filmmaker, born in 68 in Vancouver, at the same time her mother, Vera Pinter, lived across the street from a boarding house. Okay, this is where the, the wrestler flop house was. I thought it was Florida. From what I heard Jim Cornette saying, but I probably got confused. Uh, lived across from a boarding house that hosted wrestlers on the local promotion. The way it was explained to Lisa, her mother met Rocky through a mutual acquaintance. On their first date, they went to a Little Richard concert. Eh, that's kind of cool. Soon after, Rocky and Vera moved in together. When Vera was four months pregnant, Lisa says Rocky 
traveled to a wrestling show. He wrote her a letter saying he'd be back. P.S. I still love you. At the bottom and signing the note uh, with a nickname he used to he used long before he ever did wrestling, The Rock. Whoa, that's uh, intriguing. But he never returned. What what a dick. Uh, she always thought he would come back, Lisa says. When I was old enough to understand, she started telling me some bits and pieces. And then here's here's the letter. letter. It's like a typed up letter. Thank you for the birthday card. I was glad to get it because it was the only one I got. If you got something more for me, my birthday, I wish you would... Send it to me. <laughs> Alright. P.S. Okay, so that's the goodbye letter. And he signed it, The Rock. P.S. I still love you. Even Rocky's uh, absence, Lisa, as an adult, has found her past to be a constraint. She stayed in Canada... Avoided ever crossing paths with her famous half-brother who works in the same industry. I never run, wanted to run into Dwayne and have anyone know I was his bastard sister. Oh, that's sad, you know. Rocky really treated these women and his kids like shit. That's so shameful. Lisa says she spiraled into depression and could barely function for months. She cried every day. She felt unworthy, unloved, and undeserving of success. Of all Rocky Johnson's children, Adrian Bowles is the most vocal about the torment he felt being raised without a dad. For a long time, I was burdened by the weight of my own sadness and because or pardon me and I became angry he says that was the fuel I thought my fa of my father every day of my life standing in the mirror looking into my eyes having a conversation with myself about why he left Caroline Bowles gave birth to Rocky's Sixth child in 1970 in Truro, Nova Scotia. And she raised Adrian by herself. She was in love with Rocky. She always thought he would come back, says Adrian, who learned his father's identity around the time he turned 10. My mom, she can't even tell the story she starts to cry how sad uh, so he this guy he played football baseball and studied boxing he met his future wife Tammy playing basketball in Ontario but he gave up the dreams of a pro career when she became pregnant so his son one of his sons actually manned up and took care of his kids uh, because he didn't want to be like his dad. I have five kids now, he says. I swore to be the best dad. I was worried I was going to turn out like Rocky. Wow. And then here's a, a group photo of uh, some of the kids. Uh, Trevor with Ricky and Adrian. And the three huddled at a show. Adrian, when he was 40 in 2010, says, Rocky called. The phone rang, and I heard Adrian, and I said, yes. He said, you know who this is? I did instantly, and I never heard from the man before. It was a good conversation, Adrian says, of the first and last time he talked to Rocky. A little gratifying, I suppose, but a little late, it kind of stirred things up inside. 
In May 2014, Adrian, too, found his uncle Ricky on Facebook. At first, they just liked each other's posts. Paula developed a similar online relationship with Ricky early in 19. When then Trevor posted about his meeting with Ricky, when Adrian saw that he was uh, emboldened, first he met with Trevor, then together they con connected with Ricky at a wrestling show. So these guys all pieced their lives together and they've become like real brothers and sisters and they treat each other like legitimate family and they are legitimate family I mean you don't have to say half brother half sister this and that but they all love each other all these kids that were fathered by this asshole who was just running around the territories impregnating women <coughs> dating and this was typical of a lot of wrestlers back in that day like I said, it was not uncommon for the male wrestler, well, it was mostly 99.9% .9 male wrestlers. Uh, it was common for them to have a girlfriend in every town and every territory, and then just up and go to the next territory. Uh, and these people, they don't, they, they don't hold anything against The Rock or Dwayne whatever you want to call him, uh, and they're not asking him for anything. I don't, even know, I don't even think they've asked him, from what I've been reading, to meet and say, hey, let's be part of the family. They're happy with being the kind of illegitimate, but legitimate family, illegitimate children of Rocky Johnson, but a legitimate family family that loves one another and they're all meeting through this Ricky Rocky's brother and through social media this is phenomenal how these people went out of their ways to find each other find Ricky and then through Ricky find one another kind of like a, a poor man's version of uh, what 23 and me or uh What's the one with the Leafs? Ancestry.com. Uh, <laughs> pretty impressive, actually. Uh, makes me think a lot less of Rocky Johnson, one of my favorite wrestlers. I didn't know about this until, like I said, last night. Uh, and it's pr a pretty shitty story, to be frank with you. It's really shitty of him to treat these people this way. You know, the, even, you know, the women that he met and made fall in love and said, I'll be back, I'll be back, I love you. And instead he, he just left, never to return. So let's get all up in Vince McMahon's business after a little break here. Reset our gears and see where old Vinnie Mac stands and what might happen. I love this song. So where do we start? Connection was interrupted. Horse shit. ESPN, get your crap together. Alright, there we go. So, new report out. More has come out. We knew there were more women involved in this uh, 
exposed scandal of Vince McMahon. He's a player. He's a he's a he's a playboy. Um, I don't like it. Makes me think less of him. Uh, he's not quite as creepy as half, but nonetheless, now we're up to twelve million dollars to four men to <laughs> to four women to quiet sexual misconduct allegations. Now the question is starting to become: Did he pay this money from his own pocket? which he can afford, or did he use company money and not tell anyone? Uh, it's also keen to know that the WWE board of directors is mostly the McMahon family. Uh, I think it's, uh, it, if I'm correct, it's Stephanie, who is now CEO, Shane, Linda, Triple H or Paul Levesque, and then this guy Nick Khan, who, and there has to be others, because how would the, this all wouldn't be coming out if it was just the family? Vince McMahon, World Wrestling Entertainment longtime leader, allegedly paid out millions in hush money to former female wrestlers with whom he had a coercive sexual relationship and who allege not brought back to WWE after spurring or spurning or aka turning down further sexual advances from the executive according to a report published Friday in the Wall Street Journal who is leaking all this to the Wall Street Journal it's got to be somebody on that board so, I'll do a side search here in a minute. But, here we go. Vince allegedly paid uh, $7.5 million to former wrestler who claimed that Vince coerced her into giving him oral sex, demoted her, and then decided not to renew her contract in 2005 after she resisted further encounters with him per the journal report the wrestler and her lawyer reportedly negotiated a NDA non-disclosure agreement in 2018 so after 13 years she came back after him that's wild it, you know you can probably trace this seven and a half million by looking at it's it's one of two people. It's either Christy Hemi or Don Marie. Now Don Marie got pregnant around this time, and Stephanie said you'll have a job here, but then they released her. Makes you think if Don Marie was carrying something on with Vince and Steph found out about it, Steph probably had her ousted. Number two, Christy Hemi, she was fired allegedly because she was trying to have romantic encounters with Triple H and Batista on a European tour where they claim she was the aggressor uh, chasing after the two of them. I don't think so. I think Triple H was after her and Steph found out and Christy Hemi was gone. And maybe that's why she got the biggest payout of them all because she had dirt on Vince, Hunter, Paul Levesque, Triple H, whatever you call him, and Batista. And I think they were chasing after her. 
because she am, is, was, and still is smoking beautiful. Um, but we'll see. The journal details a total of $12 million allegedly paid out to four women over the last 16 years to quiet allegations of the 76-year-old's misconduct. Now, the most recent was, uh, what, two or three million uh, from a, an affair that he started in 2019 when he would have been 74 years old. Last month, the Journal reported the WWE board is investigating a secret $3 million payout okay, from McMahon to a former employee, a paralegal, over an alleged affair. So in the aftermath of that, he stepped down. And in typical Vince fashion, after he stepped down, one, he kept his job as creative, which he should be out of because creative in WWE sucks right now. And he put Steph in charge. Steph conveniently... took hiatus right before this all broke and she was on the board so she would have seen this coming so she probably said let me get out of the heat get out of the kitchen and when it gets hot I'll come back in and save the day that way you can say that you know hey she stepped away from the company but now she's back she didn't know anything about this wink wink right she knew. So, newspaper Friday reported uh, the journal cites, cited documents and those familiar with the deals that Vince paid former, the former wrestler for her silence. In addition, Vince allegedly sent unsolicited naked photos of himself to a WWE contractor and sexually harassed her on the job. So was the second, this contractor, was she a wrestler also? Because the WWE calls their wrestlers independent contractors to get around uh, some tax things and paying them insurance and benefits and stuff like that. This is crazy stuff. Just for the record, the other women that were released by WWE in 2005 were uh, Molly Holly, or uh, her real name's Laura Greenwald, who's a saint by all accounts. So if he made advances on her, she sure as hell would have said, screw you, I'm out. And it might explain why she left wrestling altogether. So maybe she was the one who got unsolicited photographs and just dropped off the map. Uh, however, she did get uh, demoted in the wrestling business. This was around the time when she was uh, asked to be in a hair versus hair match. Uh, she was a, a huge baby face as Mighty Molly, a superhero character. Um, and then they decided to turn her heel and then have her in a hair versus hair match and shave her head. So that could have been the demotion and the punishment that was talked about, but I can't see her given oral sex when she was so big on saving herself for marriage. Unless she didn't consider oral sex sex. I don't know. Some people have strange standards. You know, maybe she thought, well, penetration is sex, oral is not. I don't know. I'm just guessing off the wall here. 
But if it were my money, I'd bet on Christy Hemi and Don Marie. But if, but I don't know, would they turn down future encounters with Vince? Because I mean, they're nice women from all, all that I can understand. I mean, I've never heard anything terrible about them. But man, it just—it's gonna come out. If all of this has come out, the names are gonna come out. The names will come out because I don't think these were cash payoffs. I think these were checks that were written. But whose checkbook? Was it Vince or was it the WWF? Because if it was company money and he didn't tell the board and get approval, now you're in a whole nother world of trouble. That can be a crime because it's a publicly traded company and the shareholders have the right to know that stuff and the board has the right to know it and might even have to approve it. But then again, Vince has 80% voting power. So his one vote on the board of directors counts as 80% of the vote. And I think this could all be a gimmick from Nick Khan to sell WWE. But who's going to buy it now? Because Vince won't be a part of it if it's sold. The board is continuing to investigate which includes allegations executive John Laranias, piece of shit, had several or had sexual relationships with the same former paralegal with the alleged $3 million payout per, per the journal. Laranias is also being investigated for an alleged $1.5 million non disclosure agreement with an employee claiming sexual misconduct in 2012. Laronitis is reportedly currently on administrative leave. Now, John Laronitis is an interesting character. He used to get WWE divas from bikini magazines. He would go out and like get a hold of these girls' agents, hire them to be uh, valets or managers, and then... They would teach them to wrestle somewhat, uh, but that's where he would find his female talent. And thank God, the women's wrestling is so good across the board right now. Uh, and some of these women have had to go through so much shit in the all-boys club. The hashtag speaking out movement cost a lot of guy, male wrestlers their jobs. And... I'm glad. In fact, it's still costing the wrestler former known, formerly known as uh, Joey. Now it just slipped my knot. Joey Janela. No, Joey somebody. But his wrestling move was to have other people grab grab him by the crotch, and then he would start hulking up and do a gyration and cause the wrestler to flip. Like, wow, that's so realistic. And perverted is what it is. So the board has retained a law firm Simpson, Thatcher, and Bartlett to conduct the investigation, which was launched following anonymous emails sent to directors earlier this year. I'll tell you why I'm hoping... Uh, or I'm hopping on the bandwagon. Uh, Inzatiri told writer Abram Reisman, who is authoring the book Ringmaster, Vince McMahon and the Unmaking of America. There's worse stuff than that. Ooh, man. 
the Ring Boy scandal of the 70s and 80s with Pat Patterson was bad. You can look that up, but Pat Patterson, openly homosexual, was taking the kids that helped set the ring up and uh, having sex with them. No other way to put it. McMahon has been in public view more than uh, you usual since the initial journal post June 15th. One day after it was published and hours after it was announced he'd be stepping down as CEO, McMahon showed up on WWE SmackDown. Three days later, he appeared on WWE Raw and last Saturday... Oops, my alarm went off. Last Saturday, where did it go? McMahon was in attendance at uh, Cage Side at UFC 276, a rare non-WWE public appearance for pro wrestling's most influential man. So then, okay, then it goes into results from their last wrestling show. Uh, Netflix was going to do a docu-series on Vince. And you don't get this kind of access to Vince unless it's going to be a fluff piece and paint him in the most wonderful light ever. I remember I bought uh, a DVD and it's the worst WWE DVD ever. Uh, I've learned more about Vince McMahon from other books and other sources than from the WWE DVD. All it was was wrestlers and Stephanie sucking up to Vince. There was nothing risque about it. And that's what this Netflix thing was. And some of the stuff that's coming down the pipe must be looking really bad uh, because Netflix has all sorts of controversial drag queen shows. They have that uh, softcore child porn movie Cuties, which is why I do not have a Netflix uh, account. Uh, I will grudgingly sign up for it when the new Cobra Kai drops and then cancel it once I've memorized every episode. But I'm not keeping Netflix for more than a weekend. I'll pay the whatever it is now, 15 bucks for two days to watch Cobra Kai. But that's it. I'm not watching any of their other crap. Uh, but anyways, back to Vince. So Netflix has pulled the docu-series about Vince. So because of those reports, Netflix has supposedly pulled out of the documentary that was in development, according to Denise Salcedo. Uh, S-A-L-C-E-D-O. The doc was deep in post-production. So that means they have shot the documentary and they were in the process of editing and making like the final touches. That's post-production and they were deep in post-production. Uh, she reported that millions had already been spent on the project Stephanie McMahon, the daughter of Vince, is currently serving as CEO. We know that. Stephanie has yet to comment. We already know that. Uh, it's scheduled release next year in 2022. Timing still be to be determined, McMahon said in March. I, I am equal parts excited and really nervous. I don't know what's going to, what it's going to say. Yeah, right. But it's going to capture his life and his story, which is so richly deserved to be told. 
And, you know, Vince does have an interesting life story. His dad fathered Vince, Vinnie Mac, with uh, a woman that he was just having an affair with. Old Vince McMahon, who they call Vince Sr., but he's not truly a senior. They have different middle names. And Vince wasn't even Vince McMahon. He was Vince Smith or something for most of his life until uh, his dad finally let him come into the company. And then he took on the McMahon name. But anyways, uh, Vince, we'll just call him Vince Sr. Fathered this child, Vince McMahon, with a woman that lived in a trailer park. And Vince grew up in a trailer park and ended up going to um, a military school for his uh, high school years. Uh, and then talked his dad, Vince Sr., into letting him into the wrestling business. And then eventually bought the company out. And Vince did not have the money to buy the company. He had to do a payment plan and uh, it was like a one-year deal. And if he missed one payment to his dad, he would have to relinquish the company back to Vince Sr. Uh, and Vince Sr. was uh, dying of, uh, unbeknownst to most people, I think he had bladder or kidney cancer. Whichever one makes you urinate blood. Um, so, Vince McMahon Jr.'s upbringing was not the best. Uh, there were allegations that he was abused by some of his mom's boyfriends. Uh, he may have even been sexually abused. Um, but that we may never know until he's, he's dead and gone and some, somebody... Uh, perhaps this guy that did the Rocky Johnson expose uh, unearths and puts something together about Vince. Uh, I know you can read the book Sex, Lies, and Headlocks, and it tells a lot of scathing stories about Vince McMahon and the WWE, WWF back then. Uh, but there are supposedly more things coming, and some of these may involve men. And remember the uh, allegations or the rumors that Shawn Michaels got his spot in the company because he had sexual relations with a top WWE official. Uh, there were other men in the 80s who say they were sexually harassed by male executives in the WWE which Vince would have only been an executive for uh, a part early part of the 1980s so man then this one guy Ira Ito or whatever the hell he is is saying there's it's worse than this that there's there are worse things coming that's bad. I mean, that's real bad to hear that. So, the drama continues. Um, names are going to come out of who these women were. Um, I'm interested to find out. That 2005, the four women that were cut in 2005 were, yeah, you could call them B-list because they were not uh, not Trish Stratus or Lita, but look, if it was Molly Holly, I will be shocked to my core. If it was Nora Greenwald, who everyone says is like a nun, uh, Christy Hemi, I think. I think she might be the one, but it, 
the allegations of her trying to have an affair with Batista and Triple H in Europe, or them trying to have an affair with her, that murkies that water a little bit. Um, Dawn Marie, we... As far as I know, we don't know who the father of Dawn Marie's baby is. Uh, maybe I just maybe it's just me that doesn't know that. Could that be why there's 7.5 million? Hey Vince, you know there was more than oral sex, and uh, you owe me some child support. Do you want to go to court, or you just want to pay me? That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Uh, it's a shame. This is a company that's given me a lot of entertainment over the years. I follow it fairly closely. Um, I watch the recaps on YouTube. I, I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown in a while. Uh, I watch every Paywell's premium live event. Um, and I follow the wrestling news as best I can. But this, this is bad. This is, Vince has really lost my respect. Uh, the guy is on steroids, obviously. Uh, the steroids are going to give him the sex drive, at, even at 76. Uh, and for a 76-year-old man... Yeah, he moves like a 76-year-old, a very healthy 76-year-old. He's jacked. Uh, he allegedly does a 1,000-pound squat about once a month, but I've seen it. And if he's doing a 1,000-pound squat, I could do 500 the way he's doing it. It's not with a barbell bent across his shoulders. It's like a, he's wearing like a weight belt. And then it's attached to weights, and the weights are kind of below the floor, and he's squatting down, and then raising the weights maybe a few inches up, which is still impressive. I mean, it's a thousand pounds, but I'm just saying it's more. It looks to me more like a glorified leg press, and I can leg press 500, and I'm not in shape like I used to be. So, anyways, that's a totally off the fucking topic. But, Disney is out there and wants to buy WWE, allegedly. Uh, they have a big deal with NBC Universal, uh, which kind of ruined the WWE network. Uh, it, it's not as good as it was when it was WWE's own streaming service. But they got a billion dollars out of NBC to put it on NBC's Peacock because there were about a million subscribers or so to the WWE Network and uh, it's a five-year, $1 billion deal to be on Peacock and Peacock has like 22 million subscribers. So... <clears throat> It made sense to, one, take a billion dollars, but it also made sense to put yourself on a platform with 22 million subscribers versus your one million. Uh, but the quality of the WWE programming on that platform has gone down. Some of the more controversial stuff from ECW and from the 70s and 80s has been erased, uh, edited, and stuff like that. Uh, so, I don't really like it, but it's there. It's, four, it's five bucks a month, so why not? Um, when it was owned by WWE, it was ten bucks a month, and it was... It was worth the 10 bucks, but anyhow, that's how it goes. That's where we're headed. Uh, will WWE be bought 
That's the scary thought to me. Because if WWE is bought, it will be ruined. Uh, NBC will ruin it. it. It won't be run like a wrestling company. And Vince tries to not run it like a wrestling company. But it's going to be staged fight scenes. Like a, a movie or a TV show. Which that's Vince's dream. You know, He thinks we make movies. You're making wrestling, Vince. And I think it's time for Steph and Triple H to take over. And I think it needs to remain its own company. And let Triple H run it the way wrestling fans want to see it run. Uh, the best wrestling for the longest time was NXT. When Triple H was running it with clear-cut good guys and bad guys. And wrestling storylines versus sports entertainment storylines. So, there you have it. Men in wrestling are scumbags. Who'd have thought? So, God bless y'all. Remember to pray for each other. And I'll see you next time on Panic Attack. <laughs>